Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Flower, back with another Western North Carolina fishing report with our friend Shannon Messer from Tuckasegee Fly Shop. How you doing, Shannon? I'm doing well, Marvin. Good evening and hope everyone's having a great day wherever you are out there in this fantastic world. Absolutely. You might need your rain jacket, though. You might or you might not, depending on where you are. And the liquid sunshine is quite welcome right now. Surprisingly, we have been under a, uh, say, kind of a, you know, a burn ban. We've got great uh, groundwater levels, but uh, with the low humidity and the wind, you know, things were starting to dry out a bit, Marvin. So the rain we got today was much welcome. It did not rain all day. In fact, there were some folks in the shop, uh, you know, around lunchtime that fished, you know, before the rain hit and during the rain. It did really well today. Well, that's really good. And I took a look at your weather. and I mean, you've got great temperatures and, you know, it's always hard for me to tell uh, sitting here in Charlotte, you know, you're going to have a fair amount of rain kind of smattered through the next four or five days, but I can't ever really tell if it's widespread or localized because you have so much localized rain as it starts to warm up in your neck of the woods. That's a very valid point, and we get asked on a daily basis about that. And folks are real reluctant at times to plan a trip to the area, especially when it pertains to fishing because of the chances of rain that we have. Most folks need to understand that in the mountains of western North Carolina, this is a very, very wet climate, one of the highest in the nation. That's one of the reasons why we're so green. One of the reasons why we have cool water, and it's one of the reasons why we have the opportunities we have to fish as it tends to warm up a little bit. So looking at, you know, Tuesday, and, and of course this will probably not be up by then, but we're looking, you know, at a pretty high chance of rain, then it tends to drop down. I tell people, hey, we have a chance of rain here every day, and it's probably raining somewhere every day. And this is a time of the year that if you're out doing some stuff on the trail, backpack fishing somewhere just pack you a light rain jacket just in case the rain shower pops up on you yeah absolutely the other thing too is you know once everything greens up you know the ability of the streams to not get blown out as easily as they are in the winter and the fall is a lot greater because those roots just suck up all that extra moisture that's a great point and i had read one day how much water a tree could suck up and it was an astronomical amount of water per day and when we go, you know, that week or 10 days without rain, you really start to see those stream levels drop pretty drastically. And as we continue to creep towards summer and we get to those summer days, it really intensifies even greater. So having that rain at higher elevation does us a great solid. It helps us, number one, to keep the fire um, risk down, but also providing, you know, cooler water for the fish and for them to be healthy. Absolutely. And I guess, you know, we'll say enough about the weather. Let's talk about the fishing. I imagine you've probably got great hatches still going on and you probably got some fish that are pretty aggressive since things have warmed up chasing streamers too. Man, Marvin, in my opinion, and I think we've had this conversation off the year, you know, May, the first couple of weeks of June can be some of the best topwater activity of the year, in my opinion. Not that you can't catch fish top water at any other times of the year, because you certainly can. But this is such an interesting time with such a wide variety of bugs to choose from. So, for example, 
you know, we've got our uh, Cahills are starting to come off. So we have Cahills coming off in the evening time. We have Yellow Sally's popping off now on a regular basis. You still have Hendrickson's. You have some March Browns popping off as well. And you throw in midges. I was in the National Park yesterday, and I have never seen so many midges in my life at this particular fishery that I have fished for many, 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 many years, Marvin. I was blown away at how much bugs were prevalent. And not only am I seeing that, Dell's seeing that, Preston is seeing that, our customers are seeing that. So if you want to throw some dry flies, you know, such as a, uh, you know, a caddis, a tan caddis or a yellow caddis, a olive caddis. Um, you had your gentleman on from Clemson. It talked about the Mother's Day caddis. Um, he's spot on. The olive caddis in the evening time with the females, you know, going through the water and dropping eggs. Great choice to have. Yellow stimulators, parachute atoms, Charlie Whoppers. Got a lot of options when it comes to topwater activity. And you definitely can't forget about maybe starting to throw some teleco nymphs underneath. Um, our hair's ear, Dale really raves about the hair's ear, but it's a great time for that. Your favorite stick bait imitation. So we have a buckskin caddis at the shop that does a great job of imitating that particular fly. And throw in your favorite stonefly imitation, which for a lot of folks is a girdle bug, black or black coffee with, uh, you know, those rubber legs. You're probably pretty set. And then terrestrials, my favorite, hard body ant, Japanese beetle, inchworms should start hanging here pretty soon. We are coming up on Mother's Day weekend. Those can be quite productive for you as well, Marvin. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always, particularly when I fish the South Holston, I don't ever fish it without a small black beetle. You know, more than anything else, Terrestrials are overlooked in the fly bin. Chevy Chernobyls have come a long way, and I think opening the door for folks to think about throwing that. It's such a generalized pattern that could be a hopper. It could be a, you know, a beetle. But if we really get down to it, we've got so many terrestrials out there living, you know, ants and uh, the Japanese beetle here for sure is a real important one. Uh, they're just so productive and you can sink them, you can fish them top water and they just work. And from what I read from a study, the uh, scientists said is that terrestrials are a very, very high protein meal for the fish over a caddis or over a stonefly. So maybe they're keying in on that larger meal and having to not move as much, especially when the water warms up. So they're not, uh, you know, stressing themselves out to get that high protein meal that they need. Yeah. I also think I, to your point, I, I think a lot of fishermen don't fish them. And so, you know, I, a lot of times I like to use them as a change up on highly pressured fish or really selective fish. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. What's, what's your favorite one to fish? Yeah. I, I like a little small foam beetle with a, like a little bit of green foam on the back. Um, yeah. just cause I, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the neat thing about that too, Marvin, if you take those, um, those real big, bigger ones that are, um, that float really well, you can fish those in that faster water. And as those rainbows specifically really move closer, to that faster water as the temperatures warm up, 
you're going to find an opportunistic rainbow where maybe a, you know, a yellow palmer, which is a great fly or a, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, a parachute atom or something's not necessarily going to catch their attention. It, it, you know, it does wonders, you know, a big one, a size, you know, like a, a 10 can be intimidating to folks, but you'd be surprised, uh, with our finicky fish here, what they will strike at at times. Absolutely. And how's your smallmouth bite? And, you know, um, the guys have got out and done some of that on their free time. So definitely it's, it's time to start thinking about smallmouth. And if you want to get something like that on the books, you know, start hitting us up for that. A lot of folks are still keyed in on this DH, which is going to run through the end of the month or obviously the first Friday in June. But it's a great transition fish. I would challenge anyone out there who has never done a smallmouth on the fly rod, give it an opportunity and give it an honest shot. Uh, poppers, uh, you know, topwater action could be really fun, but subservice patterns such as a merdich minnow, um, you know, some of those other things such as, you know, a, uh, it's like game changer certainly will work here. Uh, but, uh, you know, the dungeons, mini dungeons, crawfish patterns, and it's just a great change up, Marvin. And, I know we don't have like the biggest in the world, but there's, but they're here and it's just another species to go chase. And, and why not, why not go down the boat uh, river and have someone row you down the river while you fish. And we'd love to help you with that if we can. Yeah, absolutely. And here's a non-fishing fishing question. Cause it's very important to most yeah, fishermen. Man. We got a listener question that came in over Instagram. Uh, they wanted to know what kind of bourbon you guys put in your flask. You know, it's, it's funny when you ask that question because, uh, you know, Dale's pretty fond of Buffalo Trace. Um, Bobby, I think, is kind of fond of all of them. Um, we recently got gifted a, a nice bottle of the Woodford uh, Reserve Derby Edition here a little less than two weekos, weekends ago. Excuse me. Uh, Steve and Carolyn Horton uh, brought that to us, so it's this year's Derby Edition of that so we haven't popped the top on that and i suspect we'll do that on the next podcast uh but it it's really collected um i've got several bottles here that go from buffalo trace woodford preserve knob creek uh four roses eagle rare so it's it's kind of an eclectic mix and i think in some cases it's what's free and we've got some great listeners and customers that's been taken care of and we thank you for that tremendously yeah, I, I, it's amazing what you can accomplish in the fly fishing world with a bottle of bourbon or scotch. Uh, hey, uh, you know, you can get some really good information that way, Mark. There you can. It's, and you know what? It's probably cheaper than buying all the flies you need to to get to the same place. <laughs> we still wanted to buy the flies, though. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Well, listen, before, <laughs> before, I, before I let you hop, why don't you let folks know uh, where to find the shop, shop hours, and all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, man. Uh, hey, we're we're rocking and rolling six days a week, uh, eight o'clock in the morning until five o'clock in the evening. Uh, we're guiding seven days a week, and uh, with that being said, you can reach us at eight two eight four eight eight three 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 three. The World Wide Web at SuckSplashShop.com. We're located at three Depot Street, Bryson City, North Carolina, and also five thirty West Main Street, Silver, North Carolina. Well, there you go. And, you know, May is one of Shannon's favorite months. So, folks, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Shannon. Tight lines, Marvin.